welcome to another episode of Tuesday Tea with me, your host, Sweet D. And today, I cannot wait for you to meet Melinda Jackson. Hi, Melinda. Hi, how's it going? So good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I've got my tea, so I'm ready. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I know you shared you were drinking some rose tea. Open up the yep. heart chakra. <laughs> yep. <perfect>. Yep. <laughs> Very good. I am so excited to dive in here, but let me tell you guys a little bit more about Melinda. So you know, just how just amazing she is and where this conversation is going to go. Okay. With over 10 years of experience, Melinda takes an untraditional approach to public relations, branding, and influencer marketing. Having worked on Grammy and PRSA award-winning campaigns, Melinda has a proven track record of helping clients grow their businesses and careers. Melinda Jackson PR not only uh, offers traditional PR services to her clients, but also offers services for music and entertainment as well. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) I was, uh, I was sharing with Melinda before we hit record here that like my dream was to do celebrity PR. Like initially that's what I wanted to do. I thought that'd be the coolest thing ever. But then I fell into marketing and marketing's cool too. But <laughs> the PR stuff is fascinating to me because I don't know a ton about it. And the little that I know, unfortunately, sometimes has like a negative connotation with it. And so um, when I initially uh, read your, your, uh, I think it was, how do we find each other through Podbooker? Is that how we found each other? Um, no, I've just reached out. I I was researching like a good publicist and I reached out. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. But I, I just love the fact that you do things a little bit differently. So can you explain more of your approach and like your ethos involving PR? Yeah. Yeah. So I think traditionally PR has like a bad rep because you'll see a lot of the people on TV and like fictionalized characters and they're these crazy people that are just screaming a lot and like making things happen or making up lies and things like that. And sure, there is a lot of that, uh, especially in entertainment. But I think traditionally, probably what most people, if they took marketing or PR in, in college, they're taught to, you know, you write a press release and you send it out and you hope somebody picks it up and that's what you do. And I've worked at firms that are like that. And I'm just like, why are we doing that? That's so boring. Like people don't respond to that anymore. And early in my career, I was like a very early adopter of like reaching out to influencers and reaching out to bloggers because I was fans of theirs. And I saw that they had a lot of following and I'm like, yeah, sure. We can get the newspaper at our event, but we should also get this blogger there because they're, they have a trusted audience just as much as a newspaper does. So I think from the start, I've kind of been, doing things a little bit differently. I also think that um, I maybe didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. So it's been a lot of trial and error and figuring it out uh, as I, as I go along. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not one of those people that like has my clients. I'm like, Oh, you have news. Let's, let's send a press release. Let's just send it out. Let's put it on a wire and let's hope somebody picks it up. I do not do that. I'm like, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's figure out this story. Let's figure out this angle. Let's figure out exactly who needs to hear it. Who is realistically going to pick it up at the end of the day? What do we want from this? Do we want you to have new clients or new customers? Do we just want you to be a thought leader? Like what's behind it? So there's, I think I I try to put a lot more strategy behind it than just like, Oh, we have some news to release. You know, I don't like doing that. I so appreciate that approach. It's not just like, well, we'll see who picks it up. It's like, no, this is the person that's actually going to be doing it. That's fantastic. Wow. 
So, okay. You mentioned that you worked for other companies. So Uh walk me through a little bit about how you started your own PR. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. And I have to, I I always start at the beginning. So in college, I was a history major and I wanted to be a high school history teacher because in the South, I'm from North Carolina originally from the South. That's what girls did. You were either a nurse or you're a teacher. Bam. And, uh, I didn't really want to do that. I wanted to go to film school, but my parents said, girls don't do that. You can't do that. So like, okay, because they film a lot of TV shows in North Carolina. We have a big studio in Wilmington and I wanted to do that. My parents said, no. So I go to school to be a history teacher and I was a cheerleader at my college and a lot of the girls were communications majors. And this was at the same time that the Hills came out. So I'm a year younger than all the girls from the Hills. So it was, it was happening. Like I'm watching it as it's really happening in my life or whatever. So I'm like, oh wait, like all these girls are like in LA and they're doing all kinds of fun stuff. Like I want to do that. And some of the cheerleaders would go to LA for um, internships in the summer. I'm like, I want to do that. So that was what I set my mind on. And I changed my major to communications. And I'm like, well, this is the closest I can get to film. Like it's still, it still all kind of connects. So I graduate a semester late, uh, move out to LA with $500. Literally today is my like 12, 13 year anniversary of LA. I think Whoa. moving there. Um, something, you know, it's like a couple days after Christmas, I literally drive across country with everything that I can fit in my SUV $500, a paycheck on the way and a bunch of gift cards I got at Christmas. Like I had nothing. I had no job. I had been out for, inter- for interviews and I only got internships. I was oh. sharing a room with someone sleeping on the floor. I didn't even have a bed yet. I had an air mattress that did not work. Classic <laughs> so LA. Was, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was very much like looking back. I'm like, how did I do that? So basically I hustled through these internships, trying to get as many contacts as I could, trying to learn, was coaching cheerleading in the Valley at a high school, was working at Forever 21, which is the absolute worst, tray passing, working events, doing everything I could and like definition of hustling and finally got hired on at a a firm full time and uh, worked there for like five and a half years. And I was way too loyal. Like it was a sinking ship. I was very loyal. I had job offers from record labels and all these other people, but I was just like, no, I'm going to stay here because Mm. I thought that that's what you did. You know, I think a lot of people think that you do that. You, you work at one place and you work there till the day you die. And I didn't need to do that. It was not a situation where I needed to do that. And so as a last ditch effort, um, I landed a job at my dream PR firm and I was like, okay, it's all looking up from here. We're good. This is all happening. And it was the worst. It was the worst. The firm wasn't the worst. It was the department I was in. It was the situation that I was in. And I was already fully burned out. So um, after about six months, we decided like it wasn't working anymore. I was so burned out. I could not function. Like literally could not keep food down. Couldn't sleep. Horrible anxiety was falling apart. Mm. And uh, went to HR and they were like, give us a couple months. We'll figure it out. If you want to come back, we'll see if there's a place for you. I was like, I don't want to come back. I don't want to do this. Like I got to go. It was very much a mutual let go situation. So then I moved back to North Carolina a month later. Uh, that was five years ago and worked at another uh, agency as a PR and social media director. And then a couple years in was experiencing burnout again. And I just realized like, no, this is God, the universe, my body telling me I have to do what I said I was going to do 10 years ago when I was interviewing in LA. And they'd always ask, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I would always say, 
I would have my own company. I want to be an entrepreneur. My parents are entrepreneurs. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, okay, like I said it, I spoke it into existence. I am being forced out of this situation. And so I made the jump and immediately that week had three new clients and on my own had enough to pay all my bills. I was completely fine. And the rest is history. I've been, it's been three years now and I've survived the pandemic. I made more money than I ever thought I could. I paid off all my debt. I bought a Louis Vuitton bag. I'm here. (laughs) Wow. Congratulations. And thank you for being like vulnerable enough to share your story about that struggle. And I know, I, I know you went through it quick, but I know what that feels like of just the ultimate burnout. Mm-hmm. And what I find kind of interesting too, is there's so many different professions out there that can lead to burnout, like doctors, lawyers, and it's, it's always overlooked, whether it's, you know, marketing, website building, PR, social media management, we help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that quickly leads to like forgetting about, oh yeah, me, you know, forgetting yeah. about us, forgetting yeah. the basic essentials of needing to take care of ourselves. You, you touched on something, which I thought was so interesting. You said that you were too loyal to that mm-hmm. first firm. What happened? If I can ask, feel free yeah. to say no. Yeah. But what was the turning point when you realized that you needed to different differentiate the difference between, Hey, I need to pick me here versus yeah. the needs of the firm. What, did, what, what transpired for you to get to that point? Um, I, I could just see that there were a lot of things that I was no longer aligned with. And there were things just like personally, morally, and not that anything was shady or anything like that. I, it just was not a good fit anymore. And I was just getting more of those, you know, gut feelings. I'm a very intuitive person. And just those gut feelings of like, this is not right. That like, I do not need to be here anymore. And, you know, the longer I stayed, I realized like, okay, it's been this amount of time and I've only made this amount more money and like it's not there and this just doesn't feel right and I don't want to speak ill on anybody but it just was not a fit for me anymore it was not and I think like you really have to trust yourself and trust your intuition in those situations and just say like okay like I can't keep making excuses for this I have to step out yeah I think it's so important to rely on that gut feeling, that intuition. And I, and so many forget to do that. Mm-hmm. Why, why, why do so many of us forget to do that? We get swept. I up. know. Money well, it's what? because I think, I think so many of us, and I love, I love talking about this kind of thing. Cause someone's asked me this before. It's like, I think so many times we're like, okay, is this anxiety or is this intuition? Like, am I just anxious or am I just scared? Or is, is this like, like, is this really like my gut? telling me like, get out, you know, I think it's fear. I think it's not trusting ourselves so, so much. And like, I, you know, at 34 years old have realized like, okay, the times that I have trusted my intuition and like not listen to other people, it's always served me. It has always served me because people have your best intentions. Yeah. Most of the time, but at heart or whatever, but like, they're not you and they don't know your situation all the time. Totally. Well, how could they? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah they exactly. Could, you know, and I, and I feel like sometimes as entrepreneurs and business owners, we get lost in that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But how, how awesome that right away you got hit three clients, paid the bills, yep. covered all your yep. essential needs. And it just universe, God, universe, or you want to call it provide. Yep. Right. Yep. Like it's. Yep. Yep. And that's how, you know, that's how, you know, that like you're doing the right thing. And, you know, it's been like the pandemic obviously was hard and, and I 
made more money than I've ever made during the pandemic, like during the height of it, because I was helping people pivot their businesses and pivot their messages and things like that. And it's like, okay, clearly I'm doing the right thing, you know, and I'm very lucky. I'm very lucky. And I, but I also made sure like that I'm blessing other people and like donating to other people and like supporting businesses and things like that and helping other people because other people's businesses are literally how I am where I am. So exactly. Yes. We have, we have very similar well, just a, a lot of things aligned very similarly of like, if yeah. I like for, for however much I make in a year, I give away a certain percentage. Cause I yeah. know like if it yeah. wasn't for these businesses, I wouldn't have one. I wouldn't have one. exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk more about your business and when might someone decide that they might need an actual PR team firm to come in and be like, okay, let's make a plan. What stage yeah of growth does that look like? Yeah. So I think a lot of publicists will say everyone needs PR. And I do not think that I do not think that at all. (laughs) I think that, um, you know, first thing, and I'm, I'm sure you understand this as a marketer, but like, first they have to have literally something to promote. Like, do you have something to promote? Um, is it to the point where if you were getting a bunch of interview requests, could you handle them yourself? Could you handle the outreach yourself? And if you are too busy and it's too overwhelming and you just have too much going on and you can't do that, but you also actually have a budget, then yes, you probably need PR. And that's where somebody like me would step in and say, okay, let's figure out your message. Here's the two, three things I can promote for you this month. Or, you know, what do you need promoting or whatever? What do you have going on that I can help with? Mm-hmm. And let's run, let's go from there. Like, just trust me. I'll handle it for you. I'll tell you when your interviews are. I'll send you what, you know, pickup we get from this. I'll keep you updated on it. I think it's, it's not, and, and sometimes I, I don't want to say like startups don't need PR, but sometimes they don't. Sometimes they literally just don't have anything to promote yet. But I think if it's one of those things where like, if you're opening a restaurant or you're opening some kind of establishment, yes, you need PR at the beginning to kind of get the buzz going, then you can ride the wave a little bit and then bring them back in if things feel like they're slowing down. Hmm. And how does it work with influencer? Let's see, influencer marketing, influencer yeah. PR. Okay. So how does yeah, that? It's, so, so I, so I feel like, okay, so I connect my brands with influencers. So that's what I do. I think a lot of people come to me, they get confused because they're like, I don't really know what I mean. So I get influencers come to me saying like, can, can you do my PR? I'm like, no, unless you have a budget. No, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But essentially what I love to do is find, you know, especially if it is, I mean, obviously here locally, it's easier. If, if I have a restaurant client or like I had, had dry bar as a client for a little bit when they were opening stores here. So like finding influencers that align with that and that their audiences would realistically be customers of whatever the establishment is or the brand is and coordinating with the influencer and saying like, okay, here's our terms. Do these work for you? We'll give you X, Y, and Z if you do X, Y, and Z and just seeing how it goes from there. And I think a lot of times it can be really great because you get exposed to a whole new audience. You get a really authentic voice from it um, that's promoting your brand, but then you also get content that you can reuse from them. All, all the repurposing. We love that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I've, I've always thought of influencer marketing. Well, I mean, like I'll, I'll get clients coming to me like, can you get me, you know, Kim Kardashian? And I'm like, yeah, no. no. <laughs> 
How many millions you have, do you want to drop on yeah, this? If you have millions <laughs> of dollars, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and totally like, different story. I have, I have worked on campaigns where we actually have paid the Kardashians millions of dollars really? to do things. So yes, and they're great, but you got to give them money and you're going to get one post out of it. Like if that's worth it to you, go right ahead. Right. But it's not like they're going to be like out there in interviews talking about your brand. They're not going to do that. <laughs> right. They'll send it to you. You are, you're yeah. limited to the characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, literally. But I like to, I don't like to work with like jumbo influencers. I don't like that. I don't like the mega influencers. I think that they're kind of on the way out. I think micro influencers are, are here to stay. Their audiences are tr- like their audience really trusts them mm-hmm. and it's authentic. It's not people just following them just because it's pretty pictures or half naked pictures or whatever else. It's right. real authentic followers. Yeah. Well, what would you say to the listeners who are thinking like, well, I know I need some PR, but I don't necessarily have the budget for it. Yeah. Do you have like some strategies or tips on ways to get like, you know, easy press if they don't have the large budget? Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I always just tell people is that I think the easiest thing to do is if you're a small business, is there another small business that you're friends with that you could realistically collaborate on? Is there something that you guys could do together that makes sense? Because then you're going to be cross-promoting with each other's audiences. Mm -hmm. Then you could probably, you know, if you're going to have an event or something like that, you could reach out to your local newspaper, reach out to the local lifestyle magazine, the local morning show, try to get them to pick it up. And you don't have to write a press release or anything. It can literally be something as simple as, hey, I'm the owner of blank. We are doing blah, blah, blah. We would love for you to come and cover it. If you're interested, please let me know. I'm happy to send over more information. Like it can be as simple as that. And most of the time, the smaller news stations, they have all the contact information on their website. So it's very easy to find. You don't have to subscribe to a media database or anything like that. Um, And yeah, you can just do a little bit yourself and see where it goes from there. And then like, I also... I do this. I know other people do that, but I I do consulting calls as well. So I can help people really identify what their PR strategy should be and give them the tips and tools and media lists so they can kind of do things themselves. But even if you don't have the budget for that, I think just starting small and trying to get the ball rolling, you have to think of it as like a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And like even the smallest mention can really make a big difference. I've seen that with some of my biggest clients. Yeah. Definitely. From, from my limited PR experience, I have found that starting with where you are and with what you have on a local scale, mm-hmm. it, like you said, it can become huge. Um, yeah. and it, it's amazing what happens when you contact, you know, local TV, local news stations, they're looking for stories. They actually Always. need stories. They do them one, you know, they do. Like I, I'm friends with so many of the local Raleigh, you know, reporters, and they will text me and they'll say, Hey, I need something for my five o'clock spot. Do you have anything related to X, Y, and Z? I'm like, yep, I got you. Give me five minutes. You know, my client's phone number, call them. You know, that kind of stuff has happened all the time. They're looking for stories. They want to support small businesses. They want to support local, especially during COVID. So reach out. Like, even if you tweet them, like sometimes they'll respond that way, slide into their DMS on Instagram. Just don't be annoying. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Yes. Limit it to one, maybe one follow-up and then. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a good question. Actually. How does the fall, how should the follow-up work out in your opinion? Um, One time, two times, if it's absolutely necessary, do not go further than that. Do not chase them down. 
what's the best information to provide? Like, Hey, I'm so-and-so yes. in my, again, limited experience. I like the bullet points, like give it to me. Yep. Straight. Like, Who are yes. you? What's going on? What is this? How can it help? You know, literally so, that who, okay. what, when, where, why that like, do not send them a four page thing with 50 attachments. They do not care. Yeah. They're not, they don't have time. They're on deadline. So they're going to read it and just say like, okay. So, I mean, even, even when I'm pitching my clients, like I have a countertop client. So I'll just say like the company name uh, or like kitchen and bath trends, the company name and whatever after it, like very simple subject matter or subject line. Then in the email, I'm like, Hey, Rebecca, not sure if you remember, I represent blah, blah, blah. They have these three new colors out. I've linked them below. They came out last week. Here's high res pictures attached. We would love, we would love for you to include it in any kitchen and bath stories you're working on. Let me know. Like that's literally all you have to do. It doesn't. Yeah. That's, that's literally all they want and all they need. And I have, I've literally done presentations on this at PR conferences where I've gone and asked journalists, what do you actually want to send? And that's what they say. Just send the bare bones. Like, just tell me what I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that applies for a lot of things. And I think people forget. Yes. Perhaps a lot of people in like the startup world too, they just want to like tell you everything. It's like, I don't need or want to know everything. Yes. Like give, give me just basic bullet points. Yeah. I think that's a really valuable piece of information for a lot of people. (laughs) And then also, I think because of just knowing that it's like, keep it simple, right? Like keep Mm -hmm. it simple. People can actually do it then. Yeah. You don't have to sit down and draft the essay. Just get it done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is fun. (laughs) You're you're a wealth (laughs) of knowledge. This is awesome. Oh my gosh. So, okay. You mentioned that you actually... um, you have an opportunity for folks to work with you directly just to like build plans. What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. So I do 60 and 90 minute consulting calls. And if you want to sign up for that, you can literally just visit my website. It's so easy. It's Melinda Jackson, PR.com. It's my name and PR at the end. And it's, we do 60 and 90 minute consulting calls. And from those, we'll kind of deep dive into the brand, the business. I will figure out, you know, what I think that the key message points are. So we'll, we'll say like, okay, what are you promoting? Like, do you just want to be a thought leader? Or are you actually promoting something? We'll figure all that out. And then I will provide a full PR plan for, you know, like a schedule for like the next two or three months that is easily executable for somebody who is not a publicist. Sometimes I'll even help write the pitch, but I'll give like a really good outline of what the pitch should be. Obviously there's going to be information I don't know. So I, I give an outline and they can fill it in and then provide media lists and just kind of walk them through, okay, like, here's how to reach out. Here's when to reach out. Here's when to follow up. Here's how I keep track of things. You can also keep track of it that way. Just really like super easy to execute PR plan that, that I think has helped a lot of people at least get the ball rolling. And a lot of people have come back to me after a couple of months and they're like, okay, like this has actually helped a lot. Can we do another call or can I bring you on? Yeah. And, and so I, I just love working with people like that. I love that you have an opportunity to show people, Hey, here's what I do. You can mm-hmm. do it too. But then, yeah. of cor- but then of course they're like, well, can you do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please oh, do yeah. it. <laughs> That's the best. I, ha- I have that. I have that, uh, that opportunity to do that with my clients as well, where it's like, well, here, yeah. let me, sh- let me show you. And then they're like, 
actually. Yeah, they're like, it's hard. Because some people don't want to just email and they don't want to reach out and that's scary to them and that's fine. But then they can pay me to do it and I'll do it. But like, I think also, you know, as a business owner, this is when the whole self-worth comes into play. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to spend time on people who can't pay me anymore. I can't do it. I, I, I do have no capacity for it. It's bleeding me dry. So I'm going to give them the tools for, you know, an amount of money that is easily within their budget and let them do it. And then if they don't want to do it themselves, they can come back to me and we'll, we'll figure it out. But like, they have to actually pay me because I, I can't do it. And I feel like you probably understand this too. And a lot of people will, the people who pay the least want the most. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have told you 150 times you are paying me a fraction of what my typical fees are. I cannot do this for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that happens a lot with early, early stage startup where you're just like accepting whatever comes your way. Right. Yes. And and sometimes you have to do that. And and I did that. But last year I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do it. It's it's not, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Good. good. I'm proud of you. It's so important. I think, I think it's, um, I think I talked about this on a, on a previous episode where you have to know your values. So you can charge your worth. And it's, yeah. it's so challenging, especially in the early stage to like, find like, well, how much should I charge? And based on experience. And I mean, there's so many different ways to go when you first decided on your rates, are they different now from when you got started? Yes. But no, um, I think I had my rate set. I charge very standard PR rates. Well, good. Um, okay. So across the board, every firm I've ever worked at, I charge what they charge. Why not? Well, I was the one doing it anyway. Yeah, because <laughs> so, you can and you have the credibility yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah. It was literally me doing it before. Just me. It's just me again. Here we are. So I charge very standard PR retainer, monthly retainer. But just because I charge that doesn't necessarily mean I was charging everyone that. And I was working with people's budgets and all that stuff. So now I'm like, I love saying no. I will say no in a heartbeat. Nope. Sorry. Find the money. Don't care. Will not do this. Cannot do it. Like I'm never going to grow my business. I'm never going to, you know, get to where I want in life if I keep taking clients who don't see my value and don't want to pay my worth. I'm not going to do it. So Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I hear that. <laughs> I hear that. It's a constant dance. It's a constant balance. Yeah. Like, well, let's see. Yeah. And I think it's important that every single business owner has to make that distinction for themselves and like, what is the boundary around that rate that makes sense for mm-hmm. that client? And some clients are just flat out more challenging than others. And you've got to yeah. urge for that. Yeah. yeah. And I love a boundary. I'm here for a boundary all day, every day. I will set a boundary. I have so many up right now with so many people and I do not care. Very good. Yeah. 2022, everyone set boundaries, please. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. And on that note, (laughs) this has been awesome. Thank you so, so, so much for taking a very valuable time to hang out with us for a bit. Where can people connect with you on social media? What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, so literally I'm Melinda Jackson PR across the board on all the things. So Facebook, Instagram, I like never post, but I'm always lurking on my Instagram website, melindajacksonpr.com. If you want to see a lot of pictures of my nephews and hikes that I go on, my personal Instagram is at Melinda Gale, G-A-L-E. 
Um, but don't tell my clients because I don't like them following me, but other people can. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. And I will make sure to have all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much, Melinda. You are awesome. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week. See you guys next time. Bye. Tuesday Tea is produced and hosted by me, Dominica Lumazar. If you'd like to support the growth of this podcast, you can by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, by sharing it with your family, friends, and followers. And if you would like some personal support and feedback for your own brand, product, or service, I would like to personally invite you to join the conversation over on Facebook at Inspired Women's Business Network. It's been so amazing to read all of the messages on Instagram. And many of you have mentioned that you would like to connect with like-minded women, which is why I started this community page so that we can all continue to learn and grow together. Again, that group page is called Inspired Women's Business Network. I look forward to seeing you all there.